Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. We are talking about the fifth commandment, true or false, true or false. The moral decline in America and the church is directly correlated to the moral decline in the family, true or false. Let me say it again so you can process that. The moral decline in America and the church is directly correlated to the moral decline in the family, true or false. True, true. That's why we need God to help us understand how important these relationships, because we'll never get this right if we can't figure this out right. Amen. Pray with me. Father in heaven, as we, as we jump into your word, I pray, let your word speak volumes beyond the words I speak or the things I try to communicate. But I pray, Holy Spirit, just as you anointed men to scribe down the thoughts of God, I pray today that same Holy Spirit would help us interpret those words and those thoughts that God used men to write. Lord, let that word change us and challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're there with me, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. It's nice to know that there's something that can help me live a long time on earth. Unless you don't want to be here, unless you're ready to go ahead and go home. And I'll be honest with you, I'm ready to go home. These gas prices keep on going up. You know, I, my Lord, go ahead and take me home. Um, and so here is the first commandment that we're changing our audience to. Now, we've been talking about the first, second, third, fourth commandment, and those commandments have to deal with God directly. But notice how he changes the audience here, his subject, and he's talking to the family of all the other things. He didn't say the world. He didn't say your job. The first thing that the Lord addresses other than himself is the family. And as he's speaking this through Moses, you have to understand who's present at the moment. All the parents are present. Maybe the kids were present. We're not real sure. At the base of Mount Sinai, they just heard thunder and lightning and booming. And all of a sudden, you hear this command come out to honor your father and your mother. You know what I mean? It's, I'm just, I don't, that's probably not as justice. I probably sound a little weak. But, but then he says that your days may be long in the land that your Lord God is giving you. I just feel like, I'm just like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And if I'm a parent, I'm just like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How many of y'all could use a little extra honoring as a mom and dad? Raise your hand. All right. That was my fault. I didn't say that clearly enough. Uh, how many of you guys could use a little extra honoring and obeying, right? Your kids obey you as a mom and dad. Who could use that? Who could use that? Well, we're we going we to get there. We're going to get there. That's why I'm here. The Lord sent me to save most of y'all. So uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so here we are. This is the first commandment with a promise. Now, the other four. You didn't have that. But this particular one is with our promise. And that promise simply is, is that if we honor and obey, honor and obey, what does that look like to us? Before I begin, let me just tell you why the Lord gave us this commandment. I, there's three reasons I want to give you. 
I'm going to give you a lot of threes today. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is a note-heavy day. You probably want to take some notes. In fact, if God can just be more specific with you today, is that other than God, oh, boy, I, I, I don't want to elevate this too much. This is probably one of the most important information. No, not even, that's not even. Revelation. That's what it is. Most important sermons, not, not because it's me preaching it, that you would hear in your lifetime. Honoring your mother and your father is absolutely imperative to your lifestyle. Regardless if you're a child or a student or you're an older adult, you need to understand this commandment. It is massive because it defines and helps us understand how we relate to everyone around us outside of our four walls. And so today, I really want you to open your heart. I'm, I'm going to give you guys quite a bit of information. All of it is very important. Some of it won't apply to everybody, but I want you to really not just take notes, but really soak it in. Three reasons why God wants you to hear this today. The first off is simply this. Why do you give the fifth commandment? The family is the foundation for human relationships. The foundation for human relationships. This is the first command in how to deal with human relationships, which means if it doesn't work in the home, here's what he's trying to get to us. If it doesn't work in the home, it doesn't work outside of it. When the Lord is teaching us how to honor and obey our mom and dads, what he's saying is you have to understand how it works here. Because if it doesn't work here, it won't work anywhere out there. And if you're a teacher, you know that. Because as a teacher, you already know that there's no such thing as obedience and honor and respect anymore. And that's why, because it eroded in the home a long time ago. We see that many people who walk up to cops and, and challenge them, they challenge authority because it no longer exists in the home. How many of y'all were raised up in homes where you, if you look the wrong way or cross your eyes, you might get hit to uncross them really fast? Okay, some of y'all. That's good. Also, is this, is that this is the foundation of human relationships, which means this, that a family consists of a man and a woman and a child, all right? I don't, I don't care what the rest of the world wants to believe because, you know, we don't want to melt snowflakes, but I'm just telling you that what matters is simply this, is that the word of God says that a family is a man and a woman and their offspring, if I could be technical. And you may not have a man or woman in your, in your home because of maybe you, were, maybe you were widowed or divorced, but can I tell you that the proper construct is male, female, and that's how you produce children. That's how you produce children, male, female, okay? No matter what the emojis say, this is what happens. It is the single most important foundation to every relationship. Because can I say, how many of y'all, well, I'll just raise my hand for you, still struggle with some daddy issues, right? Because that relationship inside your home affects everything about you. In fact, James Dobson has said this forever, for years and years and years, as much as I have heard. He says, as the family goes, so goes the nation. The second thing is this. The family is the foundation to respect and authority. It teaches how authority and respect to what they can see. All right? So here's the, here's the thing you need to know. It, it teaches our kids to know how to relate to what they can see so they know how to relate to what they can't see. If we can teach them how to love, honor, and respect, and obey something they can see, they'll be able to do that to something they can't see. It's important for that. 
it teaches that there's levels in your home of authority and submission. So big brother has some authority over me, but he ain't calling all the shots. We teach hierarchies of authority and respect inside our, our homes. In fact, can I just tell you that the word parent in Latin means in the place of God. Whoa. Did you feel that weight that just hit you? In the place of God. Mom, dad, in your home, you are standing in the place of God over your children. I hope you feel that heaviness. Because it's meant to be heavy so you could cast your cares upon him. You need his guidance. You need his wisdom. I know, I know a few people who I've always thought were just incredible parents. And um, uh, I wanted to be like them. And as I talked to them, what I found out is they, they were constantly just admitting, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And they're just, they're just looking for God, for grace and mercy every day to raise kids. In the place of God is, is what we need to understand in terms of how we are to teach and train them. Third thing is this. The family is the foundation for human development. We read that the, the most powerful socializing agent in the family in terms of sexual preference, self-awareness, identity, worth, the ability to socialize, and our work ethic comes from our family. Matter of fact, can I just say this? Speaking of socializing, real quick blurb, BBS is next week. All right? If you got a kid, sign them up. See the information table after service. It's decisions like that, where to put your kids and who to associate your kids with, helps them understand three views. And that is the view of God, the view of self, and the view of others. When you help them have a, a good understanding of the view of God, what we see is we give them their identity. When you have a view of God, a right view of God, you now have a right view of your identity since your identity comes from Christ. And when you have a, a good view of God, you have a good view of yourself, and your view of self determines how you see other people, right? Because you can't give what you don't have. And you, and you guys have probably been the victims of it as well, that, that what happens is we project onto people what we feel like we deserve. And the third thing is the view of others. We demonstrate how uh, we love other people or how we love God by loving and respecting others. And so let me just say before I finish this sermon today, as we're talking about honoring uh, and obeying our mom and dad, I know that there's some people in the audience today, like myself, who said, I don't know that I can honor my mom or my dad. It, that's all cute, that Christian parent stuff, and your kids love you, and they love your kids, and, and you guys go to, go to church every day. But, but, but what do you do, Pastor Scott, when you got parents who they don't play that game? And they create obstacles and boundaries so you can't honor them, so you can't obey them. How do you deal with that? And we'll deal with that today before we go. Three stages I want to look at today is simply this. Uh, I, I, can I tell you, I, 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 drank, I drank a caffeine uh, too early today, and I feel like I'm really charged. And then they got me out there waving signs. I just was geared up that sun. I was just coming down. So if I get to go on too fast, y'all just, just do like that for me, okay? Because I feel pumped today. I feel pumped today. All right, if y'all need some, I'll lay hands on you if y'all need some today. <laughs> it's going to be good today. Here we go. Three stages I'm going to look at. Childhood, young adulthood, and adulthood. And childhood begins when they know right and wrong, at the age of knowing right and wrong. Young adulthood is when you're still under the roof uh, and you're still dependent. You don't pay rent. That helps you clarify things. Um, if you're an adult, it begins when you're out on your own. 
out of the house on your own. So let's look at childhood first. In childhood, the age of knowing right and wrong, here's the charge. That you are to honor your parents, and honoring your parents means to obey them. That's what it means. As a child, your, your job to honor your mom and dad is to obey them, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. This is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the very first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, oh, oh wait, behold, what, what, check that out right there. It didn't say parents. It didn't say mom. It said, Daddy, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I've been guilty of doing that before. But that charge is to us. Our job is to, is to not provoke them, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so, so children's responsibility is their honor parents simply by obeying. The word obey here in verse 1 is the word hapakeo. And it speaks to a certain kind of obeying, right? The word okeo is where we get the word acoustic. Uh, who was playing? Was Trevor, was Trevor playing today? Trevor was playing the acoustic today. And as he was playing the acoustic, we all were under the sound of the acoustic. We all can hear that. And that's... That's literally what it means. It means to be under the hearing or under the authority to do, to do whatever you hear me say. So when I say to do something, if you are to obey because you are under my hearing, you are to do that. You are to be obedient. So what does obedience mean? Obedience simply means this. Obedient. This is obedience. Sometimes we redefine as obedience, but this is obedience. Obedience means to do it immediately. Amen? Immediately. Now. Not, 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 not tomorrow, not when I get off the phone. Now, I said do it now. And to do what? And to be complete. To don't just halfway do it, right? Do it the way I ask. In fact, if you're constantly, you know, not living up to what mom and, ask, mom and dad's asked you to do, you might, need to, you might need to ask your kids, what does 100% look like to you? <laughs> because 100% to, to them is probably different than 100% to us parents, Right? Uh, because many of you, you know, cleaning your room thinks you're, you know, you're, you're going to go to heaven. You think it's a great thing to do. No, cleaning your room is just a simple task. I need you to do it completely. In fact, if you would clean your room and have the mindset that I might not make it to heaven if it's not clean enough, <laughs> then you would begin to satisfy the demands of your parents to clean your room, right? You need to keep that in your mind. Not 71%, not, that's partial. And the third thing is this, immediate, complete, and with a good attitude. And with a good attitude. Yes. I want you to clean your room. Oh, yes, Daddy, I will. I'll gladly clean my room for you. All the things you bought me, all the things you done. I didn't go to, I didn't go to school with no clothes on, thank the Lord. I got this fresh water in my home. I ain't got to run down to the creek to get it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, right, listen to me. What is a good attitude? Don't fake it now. Right tone, right face. Have the right tone. Have the right face. Okay? Because I need to hear a tone that makes me walk away and say, that's the best kid in the world. That's my baby right there. That's the best kid in the world. I don't want to walk away and look at your face and think, I'm going to call down all seven trumpets and bowls and seals on your life if you don't change the way you look on your face. I love you. Change it. I love you. No. <laughs> right tone, right face. Obedience means immediate, complete, and good attitude. Somebody said amen. amen. 
Because you've been in the grocery store where you've not seen that. Right? In fact, I was in Sam's Club one time, and I was, I was walking down this aisle, and I had heard this kid from the moment I came in. The Sam's Club was kind of big, you know? So I walk in. They're in the back toilet aisle, toiletries aisle, and, and I, I'm just like, what is this constant, persistent, you know, dialogue between child and parent happening? And so I get down to the, to the, to the back, and as I walk down the aisle, because I had to go just listen. I didn't need to buy anything back there, but I had to go listen. And as I got back there, I just kind of split the toilet paper so I could just see what's happening. I had to know this is research. I'm a pastor, right? I had to figure I'm, you know, writing down some illustrations. So, so here's what I know. This kid was so demanding that he literally made his parents the most loving people in the world. In a, in a minute. They were like, oh, Johnny, you want to go home and play it with your toys in the mud? Can we buy you some ice cream? Johnny, you want your mom to sing so she'll stop crying? Johnny, what can we do for you? I was like, Johnny, you want to go to the bathroom so you can see what real crying's about? That's how, that's how I felt in my spirit but he you know I didn't say that to him I just kind of pushed my total paper back together and went on my way but uh y'all know y'all seen those people before and, and and you know what the world knows that too that's why McDonald's doesn't care nothing about you adults they target the kids because they know that these kids who have no idea about nutrition <laughs> they know that they can get you to come to McDonald's I don't I don't go to McDonald's I protest McDonald's because I don't like hamburgers that don't ever deteriorate throughout all the time. So uh, I feel like that don't work well with my body. So how do we really teach our kids in those moments? How do we really teach our kids? There was a story of a, a man in our old church, and uh, he, he was a very godly man, but his kids would run in on off stage and down the back, and, and, um, and as he, they would run back and forth, he would get on to them, and he would say, stop, 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 stop. If you don't stop right now, I'm going to whoop you, you know? And the pastor finally uh, talked to him. He said, Sir, he goes, Brother, why do you lie to your kids so much? You're lying. Quit lying to your kids. Just let them play, man. Just let them play. He's like, I'm not lying. He's like, bro, you, you, you're lying. You told them you were going to, and you didn't. And so that day, he had an epiphany. He went home. He told his kids, he said, your dad's a liar, and I'm never going to lie again. I asked God to forgive me, and I'm asking you to forgive me. The next time I tell you to stop, you'll do it right away. You'll do it right away. But what we tend to do in those moments is simply this. Is that we get angry, and as we get angry, we lash out, I can't stop! You know, and they're like, oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, we're now we're trying to cast demons out of our parents. But here's what we teach. We teach this, we teach this, that authority is not real until the anger is real. Right? Until I'm really angry, until I'm really mad, that's when you obey me. And, and Lord, help us. That we're not communicating to our kids that this is how God is. That he don't mean business until... That's not, that's not God. Thankfully for you and I, that's not God. But we have to watch that, remember, because we're in the place of God. We need to teach the importance of once. In fact, uh, Madeline one time, uh, I didn't ask her if I could share this story, but I'm sure she's entirely okay because she's obedient in, some, in honoring her, her dad. And so uh, one time she was spinning around in the, you know, in the living room. And she was, I don't know, two and a half. I don't know. And, and she, she was, she always was kind of this, you know, girl who's like to spit. And so anyway, there was, I said, stop, don't do that. Because there was, there was a, a purse on the floor. 
and uh, and I want her to catch her toe and trip up, you know. And so I was like, stop, stop, stop. And uh, and she's just still, <laughs> la, 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 you know. And so and she spins. Well, guess what happens? She catches the toe on the purse handle. Next thing she knows, she falls over and she lands on the edge of the fire brick fireplace right here and says, <laughs> and now I got ketchup everywhere in the living room. I'm picking up, I had a white shirt on. Now it's changed colors, it's red. I'm calling Julie, I'm freaking out, I'm panicking. I'm on my way to the ER. My daughter's about to die because she did not listen to her dad who clearly knew what I was talking about and because you were disobedient, you're close to death and it's not my fault, it's all I can tell mom. And so here we are in the ER and, and, and so I'm thinking, who failed? Who failed in that moment? Because you didn't listen? I would say that I failed because I, I hadn't taught my girls yet that when I say it once, I say it for all. The next time I raise my voice to inquire of why you're doing that, it will be to go to your room. <laughs> but we can have further conversations uh, of a more engaging time. Children's number one responsibility is obedience. And a parent's number one responsibility is not self-image. That's not your number one responsibility. It's not self-image. It's not to be a great athlete or a performer. It's not to be a, a great college of social skills. And it's not to help you figure out your gender. That's not your job, right? Our job, our number one responsibility is to make sure they know how to obey a parent they can see so they can know how to obey a God they can't see. Number one responsibility. All right, in young adulthood, if you're still under the roof and you're still dependent, can I just tell you, I don't, I don't raise children to be independent. I don't want my kids to be autonomous, independent young ladies. I raise my kids to always depend on their father. My hope is that one day that their dependence on their heavenly father will supersede their dependence on their earthly father. But I'm always raising my kids to be dependent on the Father. And so here we are with the young adults, and our job is to engage them because they're still here, right? You still pay for their rent, their phone, their insurance. Your charge is simply to this, young adult who's our students. Honor your parents means to respect and to cooperate with them. Respect and to cooperate with them. We best honor our parents really in our personal decisions. Look at Proverbs 20, 20. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Proverbs 23, 22 says this. Listen to your father who gave you life. That's right. And do not despise your mother when she is old. You better not despise your mother at all. You know what I mean? Whether like she's old or not. And so let me tell you something, young adults. Here's a revelation you probably don't know. Your parents will not always be right. It will not always be right. But when they're wrong, respect them anyway. Respect them anyway. Two things you should know uh, when they are in fact wrong, when they are in fact wrong. The first thing is this. The need to argue with their decisions leads into a life that doubts the sovereignty of God. Let me back it up real quick and just explain that. The need to argue with mom and dad is a lifestyle that you lean into that argues with the sovereignty of God. 
Because, you see, your parents are in your life because of the sovereignty of God. And they are shaping you and leading you, God knowing the whole time, all of their mistakes and all of their shapings. And so, so long as their decisions for you to, to do and to obey are not immoral and contrasting to the word of God, you should know that every decision that they make for you is, is, is um, a representation of how God will make decisions for you that you won't agree with. And so if you're already questioning authority in your mom and dad, you're going to be questioning your authority with God. And that comes against his sovereignty. So let me just help you with your theology. Do what they tell you to do. And when you grow up and you can ask questions, when you get outside the moment of emotion and, and disappointment, then do that. But just know that you are to trust them, even if they're wrong in those moments. Second thing is this, is that those in authority over you are accountable to God and not you. Romans 13.1 says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist, and those that exist, and those that exist have been instituted, put into place, raised up, breathed into, shaped, and given the opportunity to parent you by God. And the word governing simply means this. It means to place those over position above you. The only time you are to not respect and cooperate is when their instruction is contrary to the word of God. Because let me tell you this, and I know this just personally. When we, were, when we disrespect our parents, we have transferred the wrong that they committed to ourselves. You've allowed them to now, for you to take on the blame. Because obedience is a matter of not when you deciding what is right and what's wrong. You see, they will stand before God one day and give an answer to everything that they've done. But you will stand before God. And, and the Lord will ask you were, you, were you obedient to your mom and your dad? That is the role that we have to play as um, uh, young adults, depending on mom and dad. So instead, we should honor them, and God will deal with them accordingly. Uh, and honoring them is cooperation. Are y'all with me this morning still? Yes. Write it down. Write it. If you're a parent, you may be writing it down. Otherwise, you'd be preaching. And if, you got good, if your kids are perfect, you don't need this. I'm looking for three perfect boys. If you know, let me know, okay? Uh, three perfect ones. Don't bring me them half You know, complete, complete, not partial. Cooperation. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 49 through 52. When I look at Jesus, and I hear Jesus was perfect. And Jesus was perfect his whole life from beginning to end. And when we see this story in here, it, it makes us understand kind of where um, people in this age range, this category, this young adulthood, really have the ability to, um, I don't know, question authority. And he says this. This is Jesus now, by the way. And he said to them, verse 49, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. Students, do you ever feel like your mom and dad don't understand the saying that you speak to them? You guys are so quiet. Quiet. So quiet. You're just learning, right? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Oh, can I say that again? Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, went where they told him to go, and he submitted to his mom and dad. Unless your last name is the Christ, don't, 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 don't push back on that. And his mother, oh, this is so good, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Students and young adults, notice here this. Even though Jesus knew what he was supposed to be doing, 
Look at how he spoke to his parents who did not understand what he thought they should understand. He was submissive to them. And we don't know if Jesus had the right tone and the right face, but I can guarantee you that he probably did because his mom treasured up in her heart all those things. And you don't treasure up a Jesus who doesn't have right tone and right face. And so, Mom, Dad, how do you raise kids that allow you to treasure things in your heart? You do so by feeding them responsibility. Can I say that again? How do you raise kids that allow you to treasure things in your heart? You do so by feeding them responsibility. And responsibility is the act of stewarding trust and respect. The best way I can tell you to, to, to handle those tensions is simply this. Is that in, in, in parenting, um, in parenting is kind of like a kite. You're flying this kite, right? And you got two strings on this kite. You're pulling, you know, for, um, uh, for I don't even know the proper terms, altitude, azimuth, whatever you, whatever you want to say. Uh, but you're sitting there flying this kite, and you're pulling on two strings to, to make it go left or right. And as you do, you're trying to balance this out. And the best way to, to, to understand parenting is just to think of it this way. Authority is on one string, one string, and responsibility is on the other. And the whole goal, really, is for kids, right, is that they will, they will move from control. As a parent, you're controlling their life. And eventually you get to a place of conviction. Because in the beginning, you control every aspect of their life because they don't know how to do anything. And so you control the environment. You control who they talk to, who they, what they eat. But then eventually you move to a place that they're doing the right things out of conviction and not from control. And so we're always asking ourselves in terms of parenting, how do we move them from control where we make every decision for them to conviction? Because that transition is pivotal for us. Not just for parents, but for kids as well, obviously. And so we do that by navigating that on two different things that we, we allow authority and responsibility. Authority for you to make decisions once you show me responsibility. So the more you show me responsibility, the more authority I'll give for you to make decisions. Because one day they'll be outside the house and one day they'll have all the authority to make their own decisions. But until they get there, they're in the house with us to make mistakes. To make mistakes, mom and dad. Because can I tell you, I would much rather have my children making mistakes in my home than outside my home. And this is the safe place. This is where dad can fix things. But outside the house, I can't fix those things because you didn't involve me in those things. And so it's okay for them to make mistakes in the home, but we have to understand the balance of authority and responsibility. So let me recap before we go to our last one. We honor our father and our mother in childhood by obeying their voice and in youth or young adulthood by respecting them and cooperating with them. The third stage is in adulthood. That stage is out of the house and you're on your own. And the charge simply here is this. It's to honor your parents means affirming and providing for them. What? 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 Providing for them. I didn't see that in the word. We'll, we'll get to it in just a second. In fact, really, it's everywhere in the word. Proverbs 23, 24 says this. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Can I tell you that the, one, the greatest way, one of the greatest ways as an adult for you to honor your mom and dad is to live a life that's pleasing unto God. It is, the, it is the absolute way to live a life pleasing unto God is a way to affirm mom and dad. I didn't just 
pay my bills. I didn't just navigate the issues of life uh, successfully to some degree, but know that my life actually fulfills a higher calling. In fact, even greater, that my life fulfills the one and only calling I was created for, and that is to worship Christ alone. And as you and I, as an adult who have parents, our greatest affirmation to our parents, even if they acknowledge Christ or not, is still to live in a way that says we honor them. Why? Because the Lord has asked us to do so. And so remind yourselves that, that, that uh, when we raise children, that the payoff in raising children is for them to live their life in such a way that acknowledges Christ. Proverbs also tells us this, chapter 3, verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. I'm learning some things in life as I go along, and I've learned this, that affirmation uh, is important in communication. I don't know, you know, where you're at with your parents or what relationships you guys know. I've shared some struggles with my family and, and specifically my dad. Um, but, I, you know, communication was not there. And affirming my dad in communication was something I was, I got an F on in the test. Um, I try to do better, a lot better with my mom, but you know, sometimes you get busy and sometimes you forget how important it is. And can I tell you, if, if I can just remind you for a second, our parents really don't need us to do a whole lot for them. They need us to affirm them and thank them. But can I also tell you, that your parents really long, especially if you have older parents, your parents long for you to involve their counsel in your life. And the reason why is because, because your parents want to know that there's some validation in the life that they led before you. And so to involve their wisdom and their experience and to bring them into your world, which you could probably navigate on your own, but to do that is to honor them by saying, hey, I affirm the fact that you paid sacrifices for me. I affirm the fact that you lived a life before me that could be repeatable. And that I'm asking for your counsel and for your prayer. Our, our parents have learned a lot about life, and they long to pass, pass knowledge down for two reasons. The first one is this, they want you to do better than they did, right? They just want, they just want their ceiling to be our floor. That's what they want. That's what they want. And they don't want us to experience the pain that they did. That's how we affirm them. Mom, how do you, what's your views on this? I didn't say, Mom, tell me exactly what to do. I just said, Mom, I need counsel. I, I need to hear a perspective that I'm not seeing on my own. It's a way to affirm them. And the second thing in Scripture is to provide for them. This is probably the most intense part of the commandment that I, that I dug into and I found was to provide for them. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4. But if a, if a widow has uh, children or grandchildren, let them, the kids, first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Notice what he said here. To make some return to their parents. This is pleasing in the sight of God. Drop down to verse 8 and it says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives or the Greek word means one's own, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Most scholars, as they read that, we believe that our immediate family is the ones in our household, and our relatives, one's own, is typically referring to our parents. 
And so what I want you to know is that way before Social Security and Medicare and life insurance and all those wonderful things that we have today, because we are blessed way before those things, there was a biblical model to honor and take care of our parents who didn't have the health and the strength to do so on their own. And so we are to still honor them. And, and that looks different in our day and age. I get that. But I still want you to engage the principle. Because providing for mom and dad doesn't mean just monetarily. It doesn't mean just, but just money alone. But it could be emotional. It would be physical. They couldn't do things. And so what does that look like to us? Let's look at the principle first. Jesus addresses caring for your parents specifically. During Jesus' day, there was a tradition of the elders saying specifically that if you had something in your house that was of great value, you could say it was korban or it was dedicated, which means that this object or this money or whatever it might be is, is a gift to God, and I can't help anybody else. And you could still keep it in your house. You could still use it for your purposes. But it was technically dedicated to God. And no one in your family or your parents had access or right to it. Nor could you be judged or looked down upon if you said, Korban. It's Korban. I can't give that to mom and dad. I know they're struggling and dying. They can't pay for medicine. But Korban. It's, it's something I'm going to give to God. And then the, the problem was is that when, that when their parents passed away, then they would no longer claim it as Korban. And they would keep it for themselves it was a convenient way to refuse this and jesus said the scriptures declare that honor your father and your mother so that you so so for the sake of tradition you have emptied and made void the word of god matthew 5 1 6 explains the whole thing the pharisees and scribes came to jesus from jerusalem and said why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat and he answered them why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? The sake of your tradition was that of Korban. For God commanded, honor your father, father and your mother, and, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God. Korban, de dedicated, right? He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You have emptied the word of God concerning the commandment. It's a huge thing. And so the Lord is simply saying here, Christ is simply saying here, that your job is to take care of them. Your job is to provide for them. Now, what does that look like? Maybe, maybe, maybe your parents have already taken care of themselves and they already have what they need. But what does that look like? Maybe it's just time. Maybe it's that affirmation. Maybe it's that attention. Maybe it's physical health. But you need to ask yourself, is how am I providing for my mom and my dad? What do they need from me? And the last thing is this, we'll be done. What do you do when you don't want to honor them? What do you do when you don't want to honor them? Because of what you went through in life. And I would say that there are four, uh, four principles that would actually help us understand when we can't honor mom and dad. Because of uh, certain lifestyle situations. The first one is found in Mark chapter 10, verse 29 through 30. It is the priority of salvation. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel. He's saying that, that there are times in our life that we cannot honor mom and dad if it means we have to forego our responsibility in salvation to follow Christ. We often experience this most of the time in families that are Jewish or Muslim or Hinduist or Buddhist or atheist, and they don't believe that you should be following God, and we have to dishonor them in our decisions 
because we have to follow Christ. And that is the priority of salvation that is absolutely okay to do. The second one is this. It's a priority of service. Matthew 8, 21 through 22 says, Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And I would say that if the call of God goes against the wishes of your parents to, to, to minister and to serve, and God's called you to be a missionary, and your parents are like, no, we want you to stay here, can I tell you that whatever calamity it brings and hostility it creates, it's okay to dishonor mom and dad's wishes by following the serve and the call of God. It's okay to move across the country knowing that they don't have the money to come see you because you're doing God's work. It's okay when it comes to prioritizing the service. And the third thing is simply this. It is the priority of marriage. Ephesians chapter 5, 31 through 33 says this. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's important, one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. We often see that this priority of marriage shows up when the parents are dictating the marriage of the children. Can I tell you, Mom, Dad, that your number one, your number one responsibility in terms of your spouse and loving uh, that person is above everything else, above loving your children and above loving your mom and dad and honoring them. Your number one responsibility is to prioritize your spouse, is your spouse. That's why Paul repeated this command in Ephesians from Genesis when Jesus, when, uh, well, Jesus didn't make him, but when God made Adam and Eve and gave this command. And so if prioritizing your marriage and the love for your spouse is viewed as a form of dishonor to your parents, that's okay. And the fourth thing is this, priority of wisdom. And this is where uh, my situation has fallen under. You know, growing up, many of us, I'm sure, um, have come into places and houses where the environment of the home wasn't the great. Mom and dad didn't make great choices. And, and um, there was some difficulty and scripture says in Proverbs, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a, a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. As you read through Proverbs, you find four main characters that... that wisdom in the, in the word is addressing. Those four characters are just simpleton. He doesn't have knowledge. He's supposed to go get knowledge uh, from the Lord. The second person in Proverbs that we constantly see addressing is, is the fool. And the fool, he, he is against God. He, he, he doesn't believe God exists. And the word says that he's a fool. And the third one is the mocker. He opposes God and his statutes and his principles and his laws and his ways. And the fourth person is the wise person who responds to God and puts it to practice. So what does all that mean, Pastor Scott? Can I tell you that if your parents are the type of parents that endanger you or your family because they've stepped over the boundaries of wisdom, and, 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 and when you confront them in a loving way, they become fools and mockers, it's okay. It's okay. And can I tell you, having been there myself, 
it's the most difficult, odd situation to rebuke your parent. To say, that's not wise. That's not right. And I can't let you influence or endanger my children or my wife. And it is entirely okay for you to say, until you change those behaviors, I can't come see you and you can't come see me. Because until you resolve those issues, because my job as a parent supersedes my position as a child, because I got to be accountable to raising these kids. And I can't put them in a place that would cause them to think that my dad, who is my first view of my heavenly father, would put me in a place where I couldn't trust him, that he would risk my safety, or he would risk uh, my emotional security just because he's trying to honor his mom and dad. As a father who represents the Father in heaven, I need to make sure that they know that they can trust me for their safety because I want them to know that whenever God asks them to do something, he has their safety in mind. So what does it mean to obey the fifth command? If you're a parent, are, you, are your kids learning to obey? Are your kids learning to obey? If you're a student, are you respecting and you cooperating with them? And the third thing is this, if you're an adult, are you affirming? And are you mentally, physically, and financially preparing to provide for them? Those are the three ways. That they ought to be obeying, respecting, and cooperating, and affirming and providing for them. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Today I want to ask you is how have you honored your father and your mother? It's not easy. Maybe like me, I had to ask forgiveness many times, both from a father who was abusive to a mother I just neglected and dishonored. What are you going to do tomorrow in terms of honoring your mom and your dad? What are you going to change tomorrow? How are you going to raise your kids? Have you even asked God how you want to raise your kids in honoring God? And so this morning is real simple. I just need to know I'm not on this train alone, but I also want to know is if you're a parent in here today and you would say, Pastor Scott, I need more instruction and more wisdom and how to raise kids who want to honor and obey. If that's you, would you raise your hand this morning? Yes. Mm. If you would say, Pastor Scott, I've not been a great child. I've not been a great kid. I could have done better. I need the Lord to show me how to honor and obey mom and dad. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Show me. Nobody's looking around. Will you show me? Yeah. Thank you. You know, um, I want to do this. I wasn't going to do this. I want to do this now. I, 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 these altars mean a whole lot. And I, I'm just going to open them up. And if you feel like you need to come, if you're a student, or if you're a, a parent, here's what, I, here's what we're coming down the altar today. That God would give you wisdom and instruction on how to raise your children the way that they should be, that they might honor you and honor God. That's the first thing. The second thing is this, is that you need help and understanding on how to honor your mom and your dad. And as they play and sing, maybe you just want to stay right there at your, at your pew, but can I tell you, 
I would love for you to come down to the altar. And here's the reason why. It's because I've already prayed through this, these issues in my life. I want to pray for you. And so as I sing, if the Lord moves it on your heart to move, would you come down?